Welcome to the SBS podcast sponsored by Zwift. It was famously used by Matt Heyman to prepare for his victory at Paris-Roubaix. You can use it too for your own goals. Visit Zwift.com to learn how to join the digital peloton today. Bonjour, 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 and uh, welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. We're coming uh, to you all the way from the Melbourne Velodrome. Uh, the six-day Melbourne event is on, and I'm joined with Dave McKenzie. Maka, how are you since last week? Well, I'm pretty good, but I feel like I'm in a nightclub. Like, I know. Are you sure you haven't dragged me along to a nightclub? What's going on? Maybe we're just oh, pretending. Take me back to my teenage years growing up in Shepparton. I think we're old, Maka. <laughs> Okay. So, the music is so loud. Oh, get me out of here. No, this is, you know what? It's fantastic. The atmosphere is actually really great. And as you know, I've been involved in track events before promoting them. Absolutely. So, and in this venue, so I'm really happy with uh, what they've done here, how they've set up the centre with the bar, with the hospitality, the lighting. Actually, how does that sit with you? You know, you, you are a traditionalist, but you like new things as well. That's, that's a new way of doing track cycling on an old event, the six days event. Uh, you get the six days of Bercy in Paris, the yep. six days of Ghent. They are very traditional. But this is a very new take on a traditional event. It, it is. Look, it's, it's not that different to the six day scene in Europe. It's just jazzed up and it needs to be. And this is, this is actually the future of track cycling. I think shorter events, shorter program, um, don't sterilise the sport. Let it, let a bit of argy bargy in. Create create a real sort of um, party atmosphere, and that that's what makes it successful again. Because let's face it, track cycling, apart from events like this, they're dying. Track yeah, cycling is dying, and it's a shame because yes. it's actually fantastic. Track you guys great. get out and see some track cycling because yeah. it's actually fantastic to watch. Oh, it is, and, and we got some amazing athletes from around the world. Not. You know, not to mention the Aussies, the bunch of Australians that we've got. But we've got so many good athletes. It's fast. It's furious. What a cliche that is. <laughs> but it is. It really is. It's it's built for TV, but it's also built for the venue. Track cycling, it's in a venue. So I think it's got the best of both worlds. Whereas road cycling, let's be honest, it's built for TV. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yes, you, people go on the side of a mountain at the Tour de France and they go to the classics and it is fantastic to be roadside. But you only see a small snippet. Whereas track cycling, you can be at the venue and watch the lot. Television, you can watch, see the whole, the whole track. Uh, it's it's really got the lot. And you know, there's another way, which is we can't hide ourselves, but it's a way to monetize cycling as well. Because cycling, when it go, when it's on the road, is one of one of the few remaining sports that are free to watch. Yep. if it's at the end of your road. But this is also a way which is important in a way for a sport. When you look at football, when you look at AFL, when you look at rugby, it's important to, for a sport to survive. So it's important to support your local track cycling as well. Yes, yes. Come along, empty your pockets, you know, <laughs> leave with a massive hole in your no, pocket. But I mean, <laughs> no, we, we live in a world where everyone's well, up to it. You know. Yeah, and it's, look, you can argue that you and I will both be biased, but you can argue that you come to a, a great night out at a track cycling event and you're getting your money's worth as you would to any other venue. You Absolutely. go to basketball, you go to a tennis match, uh, you go to cricket, you go to AFL, um, A-League. You'll get just as much entertainment out of uh, a And, and it's funny track. you mentioned this because this venue, the Melbourne Arena, a few weeks ago, there was a tennis court on it. And then straight after that, there was a basketball course on it. But realistically, one thing that doesn't move is that track. 
That yes. truck is always there. Yeah. Look, look, you know, you know why it's still here? When, yeah, when, when they built this venue, we came in, all us old track, all, all us yeah. cycling people, and we welded the boards into the venue <laughs> so they can't take it away. They've tried. They can't get rid of it. Because when, right. when you, after a while, they'd be like, oh, come on, let's get rid of it. Track cycling. We've got tennis. We've got basketball. No, jokes aside, it is a fantastic venue. It's a fantastic multi-purpose venue. And when we walked in, you said, oh, they haven't, they're not expecting thousands and I said, you know, this is this is as many seats as they fit. Yeah. And to give you a comparison, and look, I could be slightly out, but I do know that it seats about five and a half thousand. Okay. The, this it's, quite, it's quite a lot. And Manchester, where they have a lot of that, that's yeah. what, that was the original sort of indoor velodrome in, in the UK, is about two and a half thousand. Okay. Adelaide is about two and a half thousand capacity. Um, most other venues, track, cycling events, are about two to three. This is an amazing venue, and it's got sort of mirror lounges on both straights yeah. that, that you can have corporate hospitality. So it is a it is a great venue. You know, you know a lot about this well, venue. Well, <laughs> look, I was I was actually the competition manager okay. for Revolution Australia for about that, four years. That's probably why then. Yeah, and I, and that's why I got into TV because I, I almost got a few grey hairs out of that. That's how you started. Yes, but it's no, it really is a great venue and. We, we need to utilize, yeah. utilize these, these, event, these venues more. Absolutely. Uh, this event, the six-day uh, series, they go to London, Berlin, Copenhagen, Hong Kong, Manchester, Melbourne, and Brisbane. So it's six days, and I believe there is three days in Melbourne, three days in, Melbourne, in Brisbane. Yeah, and I guess, they're, I guess they're testing the market for, um, for, for Australia. Yeah. You know, because a few people said, well, it's the sixth day, but there's only three days in Melbourne. What's going on? And they said, well, we're splitting it three days in Melbourne and then three in Brisbane. So I think that's smart. Um, and I'll, look, I'll be really honest. I have a fair idea of what the cost to hire this venue is. It's yep. not cheap. So I think they need to be really smart in the first couple of years. And, um, you know, hopefully hopefully they sell out. You know, I hope that they, they really fill it and they have some, some great racing. And... What it does, it opens up the, the Melbourne public, sporting public, to go, wow, hey, what's this six-day scene? What is it? Yeah, you know, absolutely. And, and they, they want to find out and they want more of it. So I expect uh, we're going to bump into uh, several riders, hopefully world-class riders. I know uh, Nady is here. I know Shane Perkins is there. Well, so. he's not an Aussie anymore. Uh, oh. Well, I will ask him because we'll, we'll ask as, him. He lost, as he lost his citizenship, as an Australian to become yes. and, uh, and ride for or race for Russia, uh, yes. that's one question you ask him. Yeah. He's got big legs and big arms. You ask that well, question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I've known him a long time. He's a no, Perko's a he's a legend. He's a great guy, and look, his, his father's a bit of a legend as well. We had him in a podcast few uh, last year, I think, somewhere where the whole news about him going to uh, to ride for Russia, and he needs to be clear, and then we'll talk about this with him. But he's he's riding for Russia simply because Cycling Australia said he didn't have his place in the squad for Tokyo earlier on. Yes. So he find another way. That's yeah. plan B for him. Uh, well, it's not... Look, he's not the first one to do that, is he? We've had another Pursuta go to New Zealand. Yeah. I think we've had a couple of riders go to New yeah. Zealand. So, look, cycling in Australia breeds a lot of fantastic track cyclists, world-class. So I guess the problem for the likes of Shane Perkins and for some of our Pursutas... And on that note, the way the Olympic program is structured... Some guys and girls are going to miss out, so they're trying to find other yeah. avenues, and I, I'd, I'd do the same. 
Well, we, 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 we'll talk to him about this yeah. because that's that's very interesting. Yeah. Um, okay, that's enough uh, chit chat, Maga. Uh, let's look at what is the program for this event because there are some events that are worldwide events that are recognized by the Olympics, that are recognized at the World Championship, and there's some new stuff as well. There is, yeah. Look, there's some good stuff. We've got our Madisons, we've got the men's sprint, we've got a Madison chase. Don't ask me exactly what that is about. That, a, that was the one. Question, that was the one question I had for you. Yeah, that was the one. That was the only question <laughs> exactly. you were going to ask me. Um, we've got the, there's a curing as well. Yeah, we've got the women. The women get presented, and then there's a 20-kilometer Madison as well. Um, there's a 250-meter Madison time trial. So that's one lap here. You, yeah, and you swing your partner in, I believe. Yeah. So that that'll be interesting. And then there's a team elimination. So the Madison teams basically ride an elimination, one rider out each lap. So that's another element. So they, they basically mix it up. There's a 7.5-kilometre points race, which is considered yep. really short. So that'll be uh, pretty exciting as well. So they try and cram a lot of events in. And, and then they have they present the riders in the centre on a stage. There's they a DJ. them up there. Their very own Sophie Smith. She's yep. up there doing Absolutely. her work. Talk Should we us. go and heckle her? I know. No, we, so. we'll see. I think. Uh, I think we see. I think we should really. Yes, why not? <laughs> Be careful. It might come then bite you. Uh, yeah, at the yeah, that's true, so, that's true. As a ex rider, you you rode on track. Yep. You love track. Out of all these events, when you look at it, how different are they? As a rider, from a Madison to a Kiring to a pursuit. Um, look, I think in terms of if if we focus on say the events that are in the in the Olympics and yep. the events they've got here tonight, the difference is nothing. Slightly shorter, maybe. Uh, although the 40-kilometre Madison, that's the same distance as what it used to be in the Olympics. It's really how they present it, how they present it with the music, the mm -hmm. lighting, the audio. So it's how it's presented. The Kieran events, a Kieran is a Kieran. Yeah. You know, it's behind the motor pace journey for six laps. The bike pulls off. That's the same. It'll be raced the same. It's Evans. a sprinter's event. Yeah. So the sprinters, like Shane Perkins, yeah. that's, his, that's his event. That's one of his events. So it's that... But generally, it's the, the sprinter, not the purest sprinter, because the purest sprinter really sprints over 10 seconds. But modern-day sprinters have had to learn to sprint over two laps. So it becomes a real drag race. So the Kieron is like that. It's, um, you know, it's a drawn-out sort of sprint. Okay. But you've got, rather than two riders on the track, you've got six to eight. So it's plenty of argy-bargy. So, Maka, talking of uh, inverted commando devil, look who's uh, popping in. It's the Russian. The Russian. Here he is. The Russian. How, how are you going, mate? Yeah, the Australian. That's what I'm being called at the moment. So, no, good, good to see you, boys. So, how is this event for you? Oh, it's great. Look, I haven't, I haven't been back to Melbourne for, for quite some time. The last time in this arena was 2012 when we won the team sprint. Um, so, just leading up to the Olympics. So, yeah, it's great to be back in Melbourne and to see the folks and to see some friends and family. It's, it's been a while, so it's nice to be back home. What... What do you think about this six-day event? I think you competed at the Revolution when I was involved in that. This has got to be the future for track cycling, I say, rather than the sterilisation and the clinicalisation of track cycling. Would you agree? Or Yeah, I definitely agree. I think um, the sport's kind of evolving a bit more, as you've known, seen over the years. They used to have a, hu have a huge six-day series sort of in Europe and even in Australia back 60s, 80s, 70s, 80s. And that kind of dwindled away, and I guess that's being revived a bit now. They tried with the Revolution Series. Uh, obviously, that sort of fell away. But it seems like this series is starting to take off. In London, it's it's very big, and it's probably cemented itself there as something that's going to happen. You anyway. did London? Yeah, I did London. I've done Berlin twice. Um, so, obviously, Berlin's, you know, they've been going for five, five or six years now. So, you know, when I, I talked to Michael 
last year about you know where it was sort of all going and he mentioned they were looking at Australia and you know I said you know Melbourne and Brisbane would be pretty cool so you know within a year they've, they've kicked it all off so it's great that it's it's starting to come here in Australia and but I think it will take some time to gain a bit of momentum and I think it'll take off it is as you can see it's kind of a party atmosphere and like you said the racing's more fun and you can show off a bit more of the skills of cycling in it as well so for the riders it's a, a lot more fun as well uh, from that point of view so it's good to kind of take out that clinical side of the racing and bring a bit of enjoyment to it last time we spoke to you on a on a podcast you were just announcing that you uh, i was going to say switch nationalities but not really but you you, you switch countries uh, to ride for russia one year on how's it going yeah really good it's almost two years now so Um, oh, look, it's been great. The, the Russians have accepted me with open arms. And you know, I guess we've got a bit of a mutual thing going on where they needed a, a Kieran rider and someone for the team sprint. And I was looking to continue my career towards Tokyo. So it's a good fit. And um, yeah, they're happy with me. I'm happy with them. And they obviously realize I've, I came into the team with a family and you know, a couple of young kids and a wife. So it was always going to be hard to potentially do a shift to, to Moscow. But we all kind of agreed that it'd probably be better if I stayed in Australia and trained here. So... Yeah, it all works good. I can spend a lot of time with the family and uh, keep the dream alive of Tokyo. With the Australian team, there's been a few riders that have switched. I guess part of it is due to the, the events shrinking at Olympic level. We've, we're blessed that we've got so many great riders. How is it for you yourself and a couple of the other riders that have switched, a couple to New Zealand, you turn, turn up to events, you see the Aussie team. What's it like for you? Is there any sort of not animosity but standoffish or how do you how do you or have you just got on with it now like you said you're nearly two years in yeah. oh mate i think honestly i think for myself here but i think if you went and spoke to the australian team members and a lot of the athletes in there they would say that they probably still sees me see me as racing for australia because i was in the australian team for a very long time yeah. and saw a lot of riders come in and out a lot of staff members come in and out so I won't quite say I was part of the furniture, but I was there for quite a long time. And I always had great relationships with the staff. And I always used to pop in every time at training, say g'day and stuff like that, because that's just, that's me. I wanted to have, a, have friendships with people, not just do it for myself. And that was what I was like with the riders. So I guess I've sort of kept those connections. And with those connections, even having done what I've done, I think they've just accepted that, okay, basically Australia are not willing to give me a shot or give me a contract anymore so you know they've essentially let me be a free agent so they can't be upset if I choose to go another direction and I think you know I'll say that I've probably gained a bit of respect in that way and also how I've handled it too because you know I'm not there's no animosity towards the aides like they made a decision you know people can say they agree with it or they didn't and I can say I disagree with it or or, or I agreed whatever it happened We moved on. You know, I had, I had a lot of great memories with riding for Australia and some very proud moments. And and, and, and now life goes on. So yeah. And last time you mentioned in our interviews that you were just not ready to retire. No, like I wasn't. You know, it's um, when you know Kev Debotter pulls you aside in 2013 and says to you, you know, just a year after winning the Olympics and I had surgery on my shoulder that oh maybe you should think about retiring. You got a young family. That sort of uh, as much as you don't want to retire when the boss of who you're working for basically says to you that I don't believe in you anymore, it makes it very tough after that. So there's my little shot at someone in yeah, CA. No, fair and, call. you know, it's unfortunate that he 
he he may have thought he was doing the right thing, but from where I sit and a lot of uh, where a lot of other people sit, it was the wrong thing to say at the wrong time. And later on, he got his wish. So you know, I, I was out of the team, but I, I'm not retiring. Uh, the, the good thing now, though, is I'm just thinking, you know, if we if we go towards Tokyo and the Kieran final, yeah, because you have great friendships and relationships. If there's an Aussie in second or third wheel, you'll just pull out, you get out of free jail card and go, now come on. <laughs> Dude, just let me on in. I mean, hey, come on, I might have a different jersey. Do, do you really think he works this way? <laughs> I don't know. Let's, what do you think, Shane? I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if... I do know a few stories. But in the past, there was some stuff that went on like that. But look, these days, it's all... Yeah, no one's helping each other out there on the track. I mean, off the track. And, th- and this is the important thing, I, and good message for people too, and young ones starting, is that... Yeah, like, do whatever on the track. And, you know, you, you, you can be enemies on the track and fight for the win and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, it's not easy for people to be a good loser. And I think that's the biggest thing because you lose a lot more than you win. And off the track, make friendships. Like, yeah. you're in this sport for a very long time. You know, you don't want to finish the sport and think, like, oh, okay, I'm kind of starting again and, you know, I haven't made friendships and, and you know, and that along the way. And, and that's sort of how, how I've looked at it. And yeah. there's a lot of people that I'll still connect with when I'm done. So. And so, thinking forward now towards the Olympics, what's your program look like? Because, I mean, you must be chomping at the bit. Yeah, it's going to be busy. I got um, invited to Japan again for another two-year contract, so Japanese gear. How good's that? Oh, it's awesome, man. So it'll be, by the time I'm done in the next year, it'll be ten times I've been there. So most for any international and... You know, I'm hoping that I can get my 200s win over there, so which is the most from any international again. So I'm pretty proud of that, and I want to want to try and knock that one off. But um, so I'm chewing off a fair bit, and we've also obviously points for Olympics is a big one. So along the way, there's going to be Class One events, and then World Cups are huge again next season. So because Russia actually we're behind the eight ball a little bit, we've missed a couple of opportunities and. We're going to be pushing it actually to qualify for the Olympics. So I don't want to make it sound too dire, but if we don't start to pull our socks up and get on with the job, we're going to be in a bit of trouble when it comes yeah. to Tokyo. So. Hey, Michael, who said the Russians were not lovely? Yeah, <laughs> oh, they are. They're lovely. They're lovely. Yeah, yeah exactly, man. Uh, no, look, it's been a great opportunity actually to see the way a different part of the world works. And, um, you know, and it is very different. Their culture is hugely different. They're a very old country. With a lot of history so it's cool to be part of that and uh, look I'm, I'm enjoying it mate like well, if you get an opportunity like this why wouldn't you take it seriously absolutely thanks Shane, Shane. yeah too easy, guys. good to see you Shane right, mate. cheers appreciate it guys Shane is great uh, he's look, just great yes look and his uh, story is quite interesting you know no, like, it's an interesting story look I, I don't I haven't had a lot to do with Shane over the years but I've known him a long time as a young kid coming up and when I say young kid I mean you know toddler and I, I because we, we, start, we started this podcast saying we were old. So, like, <laughs> how old are you, really? <laughs> yeah, well, it, it shows how old we are. But, yeah, so, and, and his dad is a legend in the sport of cycling in, in Victoria and Melbourne, and he was a great cyclist himself. So, I have a, I have a sort of personal interest in Shane, I guess, just as, a, as, a, as a someone who's known him a long time. And, but he is, and I think he's, from that, what we see is, I think he's really matured, and he's, he's taken it on the chin. Mm-hmm. With that whole, and I know it's been talked about a lot, so yeah. we don't need to rehash it. But what's important out of that is that he's moved on, he's matured a lot from it, and I think he's embracing 
every opportunity he has, and that breeds good success, I, th- I believe, in any athlete, in any sport. So yeah. I wish him all the best. And it's important just to put everything in context, because yeah. there is a context around everything, and there is a context around his story. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, it'll. Be, you know. I hope he goes well. Hey, Maka, look, look who's around. She doesn't know that, but I, I wanted to talk to her in the podcast for a long time. Annette Manson, how are you? I'm good now. <laughs> Well, you're good because you've just had a win, and I, I'm going to have to admit it. I saw you win the, I think it was second last sprint. I turned away talking to someone the last 11 laps, and you took a lap and won it. How good's that? It's pretty cool. Um, I just think it goes to show that it's not over till it's over. And um, we, Alex Manley and I, my partner and I, we um, stayed pretty patient. We mucked up a, a, quite a few of the sprints. We're just trying to find our legs because we, um, it's been a year since we paired together, and um, she's had a couple of big crashes, and so have I. So I think um, it was. I wasn't sure what to expect going in, but we found we knew I knew she had good legs. I had good legs, and so yeah, when when we went hit out for the final sprint um, with 11 laps to go and we had got a gap, it was it. We just had to go and um yeah, put our heads down and managed to hold on. How, how do you manage the sprints, or how how do you both manage it? Do you like do you try and do more of the sprints, or you share them, or? Nah, I um it's yeah with four laps to go, it's um it's it's all about the setup. Um, I'd say that the the last person in is yeah it's it's got to be set up before the last person's been thrown in. So a lot of the time, um yeah you might have a, a lesser sprinter going for the sprints and winning them if they get a good throw in. And um yeah so it doesn't really matter. We just have to get our timing right, make sure we've got someone coming in with about a lap to go. And um yeah hope the best. What do you make of an event like this? You know it's it's so different than traditional track cycling. What do you make of this? It's awesome, and I think we need more of them. Um, it's our first major one in, in Melbourne, and so uh, it's obviously a bit of a trial, and um, it's nice to see a lot of people out here supporting it, but I think when you get yeah the lights happening, the atmosphere going, some great music, it really pumps it up, and um, yeah, I really hope that it can be a bigger thing in the future. Should we, uh, should we go to the ECI and just knock, knock the on door. their door and tell them? How, because I, I love track cycling, but I think on many levels it's dying, but you're right, I couldn't agree more with you. We need this. This needs to be the world stage of track cycling. Absolutely. I think, um, yeah, the UCI decided to try and involve smaller countries by doing lots more UCI Cat 1s and Cat 2s, and um, it's, it scatters it out, though, and I think it lowers the competition in some of the races, and I think, yeah, some, like big carnivals like this, oh, will draw the crowds, and yeah, I think, yeah, this is definitely a, a major thing to, to look to going forward. It's very Instagrammable, yeah? Definitely. Instagram. Definitely. The social media. <laughs> yeah, I know, not really. So let's talk about you. What's What are your plans now moving forward? Because you've had a good stint on the road. Now I understand you're back to the track. Is that 100% or what's the plans? Yeah, so uh, after uh, Rio, I'd had enough on the track and I decided I wanted to have a crack on the road. So I spent 2017 riding for Wiggle High Five and it was a great year, but... Um, I think in regards to women cycling on the road, it's um, a totally different world to the men and um, my, in the track I'm so much more supported and I think um, I'm able to achieve, like, have a, I guess have more potential to achieve what I want to achieve with the support of the Australian cycling team. And um, yeah, there's some unfinished business on the track so I've decided to come back. I was lucky that Wiggle High Five was so supportive of my track ambitions at the same time so it was I was interested to see if any other teams would be that supportive but I think it is quite hard, especially with lack of support in the road, like they need invest, they need my time as well. So I can't just dabble in, dabble out um, when they have limited numbers in their team. So yeah, I just decided it's time to focus on one and I'm going to go full gas until Tokyo. Is it because of, you know, on the road, it's, it's uh, sponsored teams, professional teams, opposed to track being really predominantly it's national teams. So you get that sort of underpinned government support. 
Yeah, yeah. So I know a lot of um, other countries might see it differently. I've, I was speaking to Annemiek van Bluten about this, and she supported so much more on the road than she is by her national federation on the track. So it, it is different, and um, I'm very lucky to be an Australian. And, of course, uh, your brother is doing really well as well. Yep. What's happening in your family? <laughs> you guys are you're ruling Australian cycling. Uh, yeah, well, he's doing well, yeah. Um, yeah, he's... Uh, done his time on the track he enjoyed that but he's um, decided to go to the road and he's got uh, yeah, great support in uh, the Mitchelton Scott team and uh, yeah national champion last year which was a dream come true for him so he's going well and I think he's yeah really going to be focusing on the classics this year. So what's next imminent future for you what what comes after this and, and then what are your plans over the next well this year I guess? Got the world championships in a couple of weeks time so the team shoot is our number one goal from um, yeah the Australian women's track team so we've got seven really strong girls all training really hard and um, you couldn't spot the difference between the seven of us uh, last week at training so it's all positive. And, um, that was going to be my question sorry to interject what it's going to be competition just to make the squad I imagine. Yeah, um, they, they've narrowed it down to five riders uh, for, the, for the team pursuit uh, so you can only sub one in uh, whereas before it was unlimited, so that will narrow it down a bit. But um, yeah, we've got the, the numbers there and the strength, so I'm really looking forward to seeing what we can do. Good there stuff. We, there you go. That's it. We are. Oh, the, we are oh, ready to go. Let us sit down. Have you done your warm down? I've done my warm down, but I need to go do my debrief with Alex. So yeah, we've got. Obviously, things didn't quite go to plan in the first 70 laps, so we've got some talking to do. Good stuff. Good Thank to you talk to you, Nelly. Thanks Thank for you. your time. Thank you. Thanks. There we go, Maka. Uh, we had quite a good podcast for quite a good night, good event here. It is. It's great. And, uh, yeah, the atmosphere is, is building as well. So, good racing, I must say. Um, that The women's Madison, as we were just talking to Nettie Edmondson, and I did. I missed that last <laughs> 11 laps. I've actually feel really I, I, bad. At least you're honest. At least you're honest. There's no BS. Well, there's I'm no BS in that podcast. I'm, no, that's right. <laughs> I'm blaming the person who came up and interrupted me from watching. So, but no, look, it's great. And like we say, track cycling is an exciting sport. So bring more, bring it on more and more of this style. A, a different type of, uh, of track cycling is happening soon. Nettie just spoke about it, the World Championship. You can hear the noise behind oh, us. Uh, we, are like, we are in the centre. We're center. not at a nightclub, I promise you. I mean, we have gone to a nightclub together, but we're not at one now. But no, Track Worlds in Poland in a few weeks, so that'll be exciting. So what do you think Australia can actually do at the World Championship? Because, you know, we talked so, so many times in this podcast about the changes that Cycling Australia is bringing to both team men and women. This is, is this payoff time or not? It is. Look, they're on top at the last World Cup. Uh, in terms of the medal tally, so things are going well, and you, we heard what Nettie said there. They've got a, they've got seven or eight women for the teams of the suit. They've narrowed it down to five, and if Nettie's confident, I'd say they've got a strong team. She's got a lot of experience, so that's in the women's side. In the men's side, I think their stocks are growing as well. I think they'll be successful at the worlds, and without putting the sort of the lesser importance of the worlds. Let's let's be honest. Yeah. It's the Olympics that they all care about, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the track program cares about the Olympics as well. So the the world's, you know, it's it's a big stepping stone to form an Olympics. So you know, it, it'll be good for them to to nail it and beat the Brits and beat the Kiwis and whoever else is going to challenge them. The French, the French, the French. No, no. mate. <laughs> do they do they actually do track cycling? They no, used mate. to. They yeah. used to historically. They used, used to. to be very good. But yeah, look, it's um, I think Australia's in a they're, they're in a good position, and I think the next sort of 14 months for them is super super important. Do you know the last time I did a, a such a noisy podcast with you, uh, we walked up Alpe d'Huez with the Dutch corner, but that was Dutch pop. 
Yeah. Remember that? <laughs> That's right. That's right. That was. This is almost as loud as Dutch Corner. I know. I almost. <laughs> I, like, it's the last time I was almost deaf working on a podcast yeah. with you. It's been great. Thanks, Michael, for joining us. No worries. See you soon. And this is it for the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast all the way from the center of the Velodrome here in Melbourne. Uh, you can re- uh, remember, you can download, stream or subscribe to this podcast on sbs, sbs.com.au slash central or schedule a ride with our lovely friends at Zwift. Until next time, it's bye for now. A quick shout out from our sponsor before we go. If you're looking for a new way to ride without traffic or punches getting in your way, hop on Zwift. We use it. Your cycling buddies probably use it. And the pros, they definitely use it. Zwift turned indoor training into a full-on gaming experience. Connect your PC, Mac or Apple device and you'll pedal with thousands of cyclists around the world. And there's a good chance you'll see a pro on there too. Loads of them are on Zwift on their rest days riding around Wattopia. Give them a ride on if you see them. If you've got a trainer, start your free trial on Zwift.com.